Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Splash Weather Repel Premium Windshield Wash features a 3-in-1 formula that repels rain, sleet, snow, and bugs while leaving a streak-free shine. It keeps you seeing safely all year long. Pick up some at Walmart today. See safely on the road when you apply a little splash. Welcome back to Almost Famous Minute, where we're discussing the 2000 Cameron Crowe film Almost Famous, one minute at a time. I'm Eric Nash from Feels Like Weezer. I'm Megan Coleman from MASH Minute. And hey, I'm hanging out with these guys. I'm Alan Sanders. How y'all doing? Hey. Good. How are you? I am having a blast. Yeah. Megan and Alan, glad to have you both on. Well, and yeah, this is the first uh, minute here uh, this week, uh, week uh, 35. Um, it's minute 55. <laughs> so uh, minute 55 starts with Russell telling William that he is real and ends with a van of teenagers pulling up and one of them saying slash asking if he is Russell from Stillwater. It's, it's just a weird way that uh, he kind of uh, phrases that, uh, you know, the, the old... Uh, Statement that is also a question. But that's at the end of the minute, so... Um, so, Alan, you ever gone walking behind a venue towards people's houses? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a little strange that they feel like they're suddenly in, like, a neighborhood, you know? Like, yeah. hey, here's our big concert venue. Everybody's, like, so, making a lot of noise, all this people getting high. And, oh, by the way, it's a, it's a little suburban town where we've got all these side streets and small little... Uh, you know, two bedroom home. So it, it it's an interesting backdrop. <laughs> yeah, and these, you know, and that's that's the weird thing that until I really started looking at these minutes closer, I don't think I ever quite realized. Oh, it, what's really supposed to be happening is that these these the the kids mainly teenagers or twenty somethings probably too. Um, they're 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 just kind of following because it's Russell is 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 I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be the idea. And I just had a hard time ever really understanding that in, in all the previous watches I had until until breaking it down here. Well, you know what's crazy? Ha- being younger, around this same, I, I was a little bit older than yeah. where this movie sets up because I was born in uh, in Michigan, in Detroit, 
uh, at, in 1970. And so we had things like Cobo Hall and things like that where they were really these old rockin' venues. And I just remember whenever we would leave a concert venue or even the Omni in Georgia when I moved in, in the early 80s, there would be so many people just milling about and walking, whether it was to their car, to a bus stop, to public transportation. It, it just, it, And that's what I kind of kept getting the feeling of. And you almost forget to look in the background that they're just sort of walking away with people that are sort of milling about. And I, I just kind of got lost as well watching the conversation take place, not realizing these guys kind of walked a little ways to get all of a sudden into suburbia. Yeah, and there are definitely like even these little parts where where things you know in the editing and and you know I don't know how many takes it could have they could have been doing this for, but but things do seem to get a little out of whack a little bit here and there, like with where the van is and so forth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what I like about, and I know you've you, you've covered this movie, and I'm sure all your guests at some point they break into reminiscence and things is I, I've always was fascinated by the fact that this was the sort of autobiographical story of the director and writer, Cameron Crowe. And it doesn't matter necessarily that the cinematography is perfect or the, or the, um, the continuity is perfect, mm-hmm. because the, the conversations and the engagement of these really cool characters, they all feel, they, at, at some level they start off as stock almost, You've got the groupie, you've got the band, you've got the reporter, the wannabe, the kid, but they all become very real and they all, they're all so much fun to watch. Yeah. And that actually brings up another issue. Like we were, we were kind of having the last minute or two of, of this, of the scene backstage is that, is this before or after a concert? I mean, and I was trying to kind of, you know, I know what's happening coming up. I know this, the scene and this party is coming up, but it's like, it, it almost feels like, and, and there's definitely when, when we get to the, the bus <laughs> scene and so forth <laughs> that, that, you know, is the rest of the band and, and the, and the band-aids and the, and the, and the, um, uh, 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 the other folk, the manager and so forth, um, roadies, that are they kind of upset then because because maybe because they skipped out on performing at the concert that, you know, it just feels like that that's a possibility. I mean, it is it is definitely dark out at this point. So that might not be the case, but I just feel like it's a, pons- uh, it's a kind of crazy possibility. Yeah, you know, I kind of always just thought it was after one of their regular gigs. It's just sort of a, and maybe that's because they create it in that way, the sense of the kid is always sort of getting a little bit more of a glimpse behind the curtain. You know, they say when they make reality TV shows that the first couple of weeks they have to throw all the footage away because everyone's (laughs) aware they're being filmed. They're sort of aware they're on camera. But once you sort of forget that or you get so used to them, you start letting your guard down. You become the real you. And so I kept feeling like these little movements forward in the story from the very first time he meets them at the back door and they kind of break, bring him in and call him the enemy up till now that they've been getting more and more used to him. And now he's almost sort of like an extension of their band. And so I just assumed it was right after another gig and they're just they're taking the relationship another step further where they're opening up a little bit. And we're seeing William actually getting a chance to say, oh, yeah. feels good to be able to tell, to talk to somebody, you know, cause he's always asking questions and listening, but no one's ever asked him really anything to t- about himself really. So 
I just kind of like that. Uh, the the in my mind, it was this sense of watching the relationship and the barriers come down to see well how honest will they both eventually be. Yeah, and it's, and it's Russell that's pro- that prompts this. I mean, he says, "Tell me, what's your family like?" You know that, and that he doesn't know anything about him. Um, it, and it happens to be right at that point that uh, th- there's going to be some more of this coming up uh, this minute. I think next minute too, a good bit. Um, uh, there is a, a background person saying, yelling out, <laughs> "Fever dog!" <laughs> right, right, right. As William just barely is ready to start into his uh, into his little story. Um, now part of that story, you know, it, it kind of boggles my mind. I've always kind of, I'm pretty sure ever since the very first time I saw it, I would imagine it's, it's kind of like when he says she gave me all her albums <laughs> and that seems really, seems really weird. Uh, you know, I mean the, the very next one is now she's a stewardess. Um, so, so I mean, she's, he's talking about her, his sister. Um, it's, right. it's a matter of. Yeah, us in the movie, it does feel like he, she did just give him all her albums, but that to him that happened a while ago, <laughs> you know. And 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 uh, her becoming a stewardess is probably a more recent thing, though, as well. Though, um, even though that was her, I think maybe her, maybe what an intention he might have known when she left. Well, I um, I looked at it as. And I want to get Megan on this too, because you know, yeah. hearing you know where you grew up and and some of that that upper Midwest, I took it as the music when he discovered it became yeah. such an. It's like he not only associates it with his sister and the fact that he knows, and we saw she really did love her yeah. brother. Her you know loved him. She you could sense she was sad that she had to leave, but she had to start her own life because she couldn't stand mom. But I just got that moment that. She left me all of her albums because she knew I could do something that something that they would they would break they would show me a world I didn't know anything about, and mm-hmm. because of it, it has become like that seminal moment when you discover that band you've always loved or the you know just music. I mean, so many of us, it brings out emotions and nostalgia, and we become a kid again. You remember being whether you used to go cruising or whether you used to just you know, sit out there and just play tapes and go riding around, or you would just show up after a football game. It's just, so to me, it's hit for him to, to say that, like she left all my albums. Oh, and she's a stewardess as well, because she said she's leaving to become a stewardess. I guess she still is that, you know, four years later, but I've always loved that moment where he realizes how, how what an impact just that one little moment was for him because his whole life had changed with one record. Yeah, his his world wasn't so small after all. Yeah, right? I mean, I mean, the, the the whole thing about this movie that I love is it really is about music too, about how music affects us and are the people behind it real? Does it matter? Does it matter if they're if they're good people or bad people? If we like the music, if the music does something for us, and then I kind of like the reason Lester Bangs is in here because he almost shows us that. There's an anti-music movement almost, like the, the, the media always saying, well, we're going to find everything wrong with you. And you've got this kid who's in the middle who's like, I want to like you guys because I like you guys, but I also want to do the right thing as a journalist. So the, the varying views of how you approach music, whether you're the diehard fan and you're the, and you, and you're the Band-Aid and you want to just follow and you'll buy any album, or you're going to be the critic who's going to try to figure out how to pick it apart. It's just a love letter <laughs> to this industry, right? To, to, to music. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Love yeah. Letter is a great 
way to describe it and i, I definitely i think i'm pretty sure i've I'd seen that a couple points <laughs> throughout this <laughs> this uh time i've been doing this show getting ready for it and so forth i was gonna say my like it's like when i discovered my parents record po- collection because they're about 10 years apart so you could very much tell who was into led zeppelin versus who liked barry manilow <laughs> <laughs> which is like complete dichotomy but it was like i was that person who was like it was like opening up a new world and then i like because i'm a librarian right i obsessively then had to go and research all these people um and the bands and like the meaning behind mm-hmm. the music and whatnot um, which is probably also why I think this movie is kind of a '70s nostalgia trip, in the best way possible. Um, oh yeah, just, just because my based on what few stories I know about my father in the '70s, um, I probably don't know a lot because he was my dad, and I probably don't need to know, but or want to know. But <laughs> based on what I have heard, but it's kind of just reminds me of that, like just the '70s were a good time. There's a lot of great music. People are really carefree. <laughs> You know, I remember when I was uh, growing up, my mom was a collector of 45s. Uh, the, for you for you youngins out there, those are records that were only one song on the one side and a B on the other side. Anyway, and so and they, were, they were called 45s. Yeah, you do. So they were called 45s because they turned 45 times per minute, right? Well, here here's the thing. My daughter's now think it's cool to go buy albums. So a side thing, I'm like, you guys can hold like 10,000 songs on your phone and now you're going to buy records. So, but my mom left me all vital though. There really is. I know (laughs) it is cool. We've got a rocking shop by my house and the guy loves it because he's buying all these albums at garage sales and selling them for like 30 bucks an album because people want to buy these records. But she left me much like the, the kid in this story. My mom left me all this stack of 45s that she had as a teenager. And it was things from Ooh. Elvis to the Beatles to, I mean, the, I mean, it was, it was just single after single after single from the Beach Boys and just the, the whole, you know, beach rocking era. So I grew up thinking, well, there was all this different kind of music. I thought it all just came at the same era and the same time. Cause you know, when you're six, you don't have a sense of the genres and the years. So now my music background is so eclectic. Thanks to my mom. And so much like what, you know, the sister did to the kid, same thing. I think those records just left a memory on him. Well, you know what, listeners? I know that free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up your bedroom is even better. Through the Pantheon Network and this show, Almost Famous Minute, at Adam and Eve, you get to select almost any one item for 50% off. And then Adam and Eve loads on the free stuff. Just make sure you enter offer code AFMPOD at checkout and get 10 tantalizing free gifts. You can get a sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And on top of all that, you also get six free spicy movies. Yeah, that's right, movies. I know you all like movies because you listen to this podcast about the movie Almost Famous. Finally, you also get free shipping. That's right. Can't do better than that. That's AFMPod, AFMPOD, at adamandeve.com. Just type in AFMPOD at checkout. It's all happening. It's all happening. happening. Yeah, and that, that, you know, I, I am coming around to what you're saying. Um, it's, it's, it still just has a little bit of a, just a weirdness that, that, at that point, too. Um, <laughs> well, I wasn't trying but, to convince uh, yeah, you yeah. one way or the other. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no, sure, yeah. <laughs> No, I, I want you to. I want you to. <laughs> I just, for me, I, I'm a, I'm a, 
I have no musical ability, which bothers the oh. absolute hell out of me. My brother, two years down, or, or two brothers down from me, uh, it got it all. Started off playing violin, then he learned upright bass, then he learned cello, then he tra- taught himself bass guitar, regular guitar, piano, drums. I'm like, that's not wow. fair. You don't need to have it all, <laughs> right? So I support him all the time. He plays in bands. He's he's one of those typical sort of uh, semi-professional musician where he'll do gigs on weekends, paying gigs with, with he's actually a bassist in three different bands, but he has to have the day job, you know, because he doesn't, he, they haven't really hit yet, but I've always loved music because I, I feel like it takes me somewhere. It allows me an escape. And I remember those, those, those days just putting headphones on and listening to records and just being lost for hours. And like I said, I, I remember my first time listening to my mom's collection. And so I would probably say, well, where's your, where's your first memories of music? My mom. It, it just would pop out that way. Um, uh, William then says, uh, but here I am telling secrets to the one guy you're not supposed to tell your secrets to. So it's it's this back and forth that happens a few times throughout the movie where, you know, William turns it back on them saying that tell, telling telling one of them, uh, either the band or band-aids, that, that he's the enemy or what have you. And so this is just another one of those. Um, and you know, Russell gives this nice little ha ha, you know, actually said, not, <laughs> not, not laughed. Um, and the, the, one of the crazy things I found with that was that it, I mean, it is a good, good beat or two, but then the, the, the guy that we know, I think, I think this is, ends up being, no, this isn't, this isn't Aaron. But this is like Aaron's friend. He he says, "My buddy Aaron." I think in the next minute, um, and uh, or is or is it in this one even? Yeah, I think it's yeah. the next minute. It's right after where he goes. Uh, do you want to go with me at my friend Aaron's house? So they're they're talking about going to Aaron's house. Yeah, all he really says in this minute, you know, he's listed in the script. I got at least as concert goer, um, you know. But he gives <laughs> gives out this kind of weird, you know almost similar to the haha it's like ah and it's in, in the script i got it's woo but that's really wrong but um but then you know, the only other thing he says is, for this minute is you're russell from stillwater um but yeah just just that that mimicking it it's it's almost like a mimicking of the haha in that same you know kind of you know it's 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 it's, it's another two syllable ah same kind of vowel happening happening mm-hmm. well i kind of got the sense of playing because he realizes the kids sort of playing their words back to eat back to them like hey don't tell them you're you know they're they're just here to get you he's just here to get your your, your deep dark secrets and he's like oh yeah. i'm not supposed to tell you my secrets like ha, yeah, ha right. see I'm, i could play that game too like ha ha <laughs> <laughs> hmm <laughs> i like that I I liked it because it was it shows he's he listens to them, you know yeah, he's right. using their phrase back at them that they, that they kind of used almost in derision. Oh, you're a reporter. You're the enemy. You're the, you're not. We're not supposed to tell you our secrets. And you know, all of a sudden, he's telling all this. He realizes, oh, okay, I'm doing that. So I I don't know. Is it almost? I think he does it genuinely. I don't think he does it as a trick or try to get to Russell to lower his guard. I just think he likes Russell at this point. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, he, he he does certainly have his his mission, his goal, but he he also you know un, you know 
contrary to what Lester tells him, <laughs> you don't become friends with him. I mean, he really, but he really does have this, uh, seem to have, seem to feel he has this uh, really deep connection with Russell. You know, one of the other things, and this is, and you probably have had this too with podcasting when you, when you get to either meet somebody or bring somebody on the first time you bring maybe a, somebody who's affiliated with a movie or if you get to interview an actor, mm-hmm. you, you, it's the whole joke, the Saturday Night Live about the fanboy, you know, the Chris Farley. Yeah. Hey, hey, you remember yeah. when you remember? <clears throat> but then, so you get that sense the first day, right? When he's get by, by backstage, he's got that fanboy. Oh my God, I'm backstage. Now we see he's opening up and it's much more of a normal kind of conversation. So mm-hmm. I get to, it's nice because we're seeing the evolution of the, the, the fanness is sort of wearing off and it's becoming friendness. If I can create a word. Like they're real people. <laughs> They're not just they're, the band. It's almost like they're real. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when my little cousins realized that like her preschool teacher like didn't live at school and lived next door to us and was like, what? <laughs> like, they have a life? What? They yeah. shop at the store? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I think every kid has that memory of bumping it. I remember bumping into one of my teachers from kindergarten. Like I was in second grade and I ran into her with my mom at like a McDonald's. And I was like, Miss Graham, you go to McDonald's. <laughs> like, Why not? <laughs> um, and then there's the other little kind of crazy thing that sound that comes from the van. I think, you know, I, I would, I would like, I would like it to be one of the other people as, as, as we, because yeah, I think there's at least two of them in in there, the, the passenger uh, passenger side uh, shotgun seat, and someone else in the back at least. Um, but there, it's almost like the the swing from Wayne's World. <laughs> that uh, is, is my note. Wayne's World. Um, some some kind of you know earlier version, you know, from from good fifteen twenty years prior to to that show. Um, <laughs> On yeah. that skit. Oh that's yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know if that was a thing back Alan, maybe you can tell us. I mean you're just a little bit or I mean not. No, much, no, I don't sure, <laughs> Okay. In Detroit we were not going around saying swing, party on Wayne, party on Garth. No, we weren't doing that. But I will tell you this VW bug or the our, our bus is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's actually a little different than what that what that script I gave you says is so Chevy big square Chevy van. But yeah, I'm awfully. I mean, it, it it it's it's the same bus that's been following them. If you want something emblematic, though, of kind of like that, hey, we're hanging on to an old vehicle from the '60s, and here we are, kids, and you know they think it's cool because it's their first car and it's like huge, and you can put all your friends in it. Um, it's just an yeah. amazing party wagon here. <laughs> you notice the one guy in the front seat has a beer. Yeah, it sure looks like, yeah, they are an uh, open container. Uh, was the drinking age 18 at this point still? I think so. I think so, because okay. I, sure. I remember growing up hearing about it being, you know, moving to 21, and it was like, no, 18, it's been 18 <laughs> for everybody. And then when I moved to Georgia, here's the crazy thing. When we moved to Georgia, I was 15, or I was about to turn 15. And so it was still 18 at least for Georgia. And so just as I was about to turn 18, they said, you know, we're going to move it to 21, but we understand there's people who are already 18 and drinking. So we're going to do it 
one year at a time. So we're going to make it next year, 19, next year, 20. And I'm like, no, I'm six months away and you're doing this. Oh, no. It, yeah, it just keeps pushing so it out always right was, past it was, where you are. <laughs> oh. it, was like, it was right in my grasp. Not that I think that it stopped me, but I will say that for the podcast. For <laughs> kids, don't drink and drive. No. Don't drink and drive. No. Yeah. No, get your drinking done early, then go driving. No. <laughs> Sorry, old George Carlin bit. <clears throat> but yeah, no, I think there's a, I don't know how many are in the backpack. I saw four kids total. There's, there's the driver, there's a kid okay. in the front seat, and I saw two that kind of bounce into the yeah. shot from that, I guess, middle row. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely, and definitely one's a girl here. Blonde haired girl, I'd say. Yeah. I just here's the thing, and I know as we're you know we're this is a toward the end of the minute when they show up. I've never been able to do this. I've never been so brazen. I see somebody who is a celeb, whether it's a up and coming celeb or a big time celeb, and just go, "Hey man, you're you want to go hang out? You want to even today? You want to take a selfie? Can we?" Ta-? I I've never. I felt like I'm intruding. If if they call me or if if I'm supposed to be there, like the reporter or, or whatever, that's one thing. But I've always had this inhibition that stops me from going to just hey i know you're sitting there eating something right now in a restaurant from across the room but i want to come over and take a selfie with you i just can't do that i, I can't either though the one time i got to kind of meet paul newman i couldn't even look at him i was just like oh. too starstruck and like <laughs> i am going to make a fool of myself but he is a normal person and you're not supposed to bother celebrities so i'm just going to awkwardly stare at him and joanne woodward and okay hi <laughs> <laughs> Because that that's fun too. Who the creepo keep giving me the eye? What's going on? Yeah, but she's not coming over. I mean, I was in fifth grade, and my family reunion was at the Hole in the Wall Gang camp that he started, and so he knew we were there. He showed up to say hi, and I still couldn't say hi to him. I was still too like, "Ah." wow. That's how I handle celebrities. (laughs) Like, oh no. Yeah, and I think you maybe because for me, I was always just raised. You just don't intrude on someone else if they're not inviting you or you're not supposed to be there. It's it's one thing if you're like working on a set together or if you're supposed to interview them or something, they're calling into a radio show or, or whatever. I just have never been able to just say, I think it's worth my time because I may never see you again to just intrude on whatever it is you're doing. I just feel like I, it's, I, I almost have a sense of respect for them. And it's weird because there's people that I probably could have had pictures with that I chose not to even... On sets, I've done a lot of uh, movie work and extra work, and I'm like, yeah, I'm 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 the actor. I'm supposed to get paid to act, not paid to to be a fat fanboy. Hmm. What about well, you, Eric? Speak, Have you ever like what's your real quick though? Speaking of extras, let let me run off the the this list I've compiled of of you know between in the IMDb credits for things that for, for whether it's you know part party or partier or Topeka, you know. Um, so I, so I would kind of go with for this for this main guy driving the bus here. Maybe that's um, that guy's name might be Troy Higgins, but there's also possibilities of Brian Vaughn, uh, David C. Fisher, uh, Chris Lennon Davis, um, Isaac Curtis, Ian Ridgway, and I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but between those huh. like six, five, six, seven guys, <laughs> I think I think all guys. Um, those are all. Uh, the possibilities for this 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 guy driving maybe the maybe the guy in the passenger seat 
but uh, definitely, definitely for the Mets coming coming up, uh, some could be uh, those those uh, those people that we meet in the next couple minutes, and maybe even more. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, but getting back to your question, though, um, yeah, as far as far as meeting people, I mean, I, I as far as actual like celebrities, people that people that 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 are that are actually kind of really known pretty well, like because because of like movies or music or TV or anything like that. I, I've, I've met very few and far between the, the one of the closest ones like that. And it's, and it's, I, I would hardly even say I met because I, I was working right after college, working at a bookstore and incomes. Uh, I don't, I don't know what I, I go through the whole process. I, I, I'm a man in the register and, and she walks away and it's Nancy Cartwright from my hometown, Bart Simpson's voice. And, uh, you know, all that, all that, you know, and, and someone uh, comes up to me after she walks away and says, you know who that was, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, so, so I was oblivious. But, to, but see, that's, that. that, but that's like yeah. what I'm saying is it's one thing if they come to yeah. you or for some sure. reason you, there's a reason to engage. I just don't, I'm just never been the person that's going to say, look, I see, you know, one time uh, Jim Carrey was uh, in a restaurant in South Carolina. They were shooting a movie. I was like, Jim Carrey's over there. I'm like, okay, that's great. I love Jim Carrey. I'm not going to go over there and bother him. You know, I, I it's just, uh, uh, it's how I am. Now, maybe some of the people who listen, maybe they'll leave you some feedback and say, oh, no, it's the perfect time. They love it. They love you. Come. And maybe they do. I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know if I ever get in that, in those shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it varies. But, but my but my only other two people that that I could say I've actually really met and actually talked with for for a minute and knew who they were and so forth were they're just you know just they're 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 fraternity brothers that that are businessmen of from my from my dad's era I, I was in the same fraternity as my dad and uh, uh, you know one one happens to be you know on the Forbes top five hundred wealthiest individuals in the in the world list but oh wow wow. Is he looking to sponsor any podcasts or yeah, anything? Right. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Because he might need a few extra dollars, you know, some advertising. <laughs> yeah, he's been a huge contributor to the to the fraternity, but uh, and 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 the school too. But nope. And actually, what my dad actually really wanted was me to be, do what he he did, which was marry well and and, and maybe marry his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been over the moon if that had happened. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure she's married now. <laughs> so, ship sailed. Um, is there much more that we have to say? Like I said, I, there was a Wayne's World little bit as far as the actual minute proper. Um, and then Russell replies to the your Russell from Stillwater with the, well, yeah, on my better days I am. Um, so, so he's not not feeling great <laughs> right now, as we know. <laughs> yeah, but I, I wonder, does he say that just in case it's it's somebody who's not a fan? Mm. Like, is that just sort of the way to kind of leave yourself an out in case they go, mm. "Yeah, man, you suck." <laughs> I was, I would always worry about that as well, especially yeah. being a musician. If somebody randomly 
says, hey, aren't you so-and-so from that band? The first thing you almost want to go is, okay, are you a fan or do you hate right. my music? Did my <laughs> did my album, do you associate it with your divorce or <laughs> losing a job? You know? <laughs> yeah, I've heard celebrities say that, that, you know, when, when they're approached and they're just like, and the person isn't saying I'm a fan, I'm, isn't, isn't being complimentary, but they're just saying you're from this. <laughs> Are you are you the guy from this or are you person from that? Yeah. I don't know. Do I owe you any money? <laughs> you have blackmail on me? What? Like... <laughs> yeah, it depends. It depends. Do you like me? <laughs> so being after a concert, I would I would hope that it would be more fans than haters, but yeah. I suppose you don't know. Yeah, but don't forget, they're the opening act, at least oh, when we first right. inter- yeah, get introduced right. to them. That's right. So they, yeah. I, th- I think we kind of thought about this uh, quite a quite a bit ago, even, um, that that maybe at this point they are the headliners. You know, it, it moved on from them being oh. the opener for Black Sabbath, and, and Black Sabbath isn't in the picture. You know, they're just not talked about any. And... I almost feel like, and that would that would lend credence to you know that hey, these this is after the concert. There's people just hanging out, you know, plenty plenty I'm sure have left and gone to do whatever else. But uh, this this uh, crowd that gets attracted um, is uh, uh, the concert goers. A, a few of the straggling concert goers that uh, realize, oh yeah, this is Russell. Let's follow him. I'll have to think about that because the timing of like the kid being with them, being on tour, being with the album they're yeah. pushing, it just doesn't feel like they necessarily would go straight that fast to headliner. I don't know. Maybe. Either way, they're certainly not as big as, let's say, a Black Sabbath. I think, yeah, they're not the, I mean, they're, maybe they're known in a smaller rocking community. But anyway, all that aside, um, they are still an up and coming band. They're certainly, you know, on their on their first couple of albums. I, I think they at the very beginning they're they're on their third yeah. album. Right. Uh, uh, Megan, you have anything else to you feel like you want to? No. Make make a note of. No, I, I everything okay. I can think of is actually begins at the next minute. So. Yeah. Okay. We got some <laughs> good stuff to get into then. Um, so, uh, with this being the first day with both of you, uh, I thought, uh, Alan, if you'd like to go first with uh, something I've been doing for for uh, every guest so far. I don't think we've missed one or anything um, by chance. Um, but uh, it's ranking from, from favorite to least favorite or vice versa. The four bands that are most commonly believed to make up the band Stillwater. Um, so, so I'm going to tell you these four, 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 and I can, I can remind you what they are as we go, but um, uh, alphabetically. They are um, Almond Brothers Band, Eagles, Led Zeppelin, and Leonard Skinner. Okay, so in order, it would be uh, Eagles, Led Zeppelin, Leonard Skinner, Almond Brothers Band. That from from favorite to least, or favorite? Yeah, favorite would be Eagles of yeah. all of them. Okay, wow. I respect Led Zeppelin. Yeah, but I think the Eagles have a for me a better body of work that I like to listen to. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. We do this thing. There's a, a rock station in Atlanta that does this, I think, every New Year's Day, you know, when everybody wants to take off during the holidays. And they do the top 100 rock songs or rock artists from 100 all the way down to one. 
And for years, it always alternated between Pink Floyd one year would be number one, then Led Zeppelin would be number one. It's almost like they were appeasing the two sides of the aisle because I'm much more of the Pink Floyd person. Okay. There are a lot of my friends who are like, oh, man, Floyd sucks. Led Zeppelin's the best. And I'm like, well, I appreciate Zeppelin. Okay. But Floyd is really good. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my order. Um, uh, would you like to, uh, uh, do, do some quick plugging of, uh, one or two of your projects or whatever, whatever you got, you know, Alan first, and then we can go back to Megan. Sure. Uh, and I appreciate it. Eric, you've been on uh, both of our seasons. We, we have done with the wilder ride where we did the same thing. The movies by minutes format. We did season one, young Frankenstein season two, blazing saddles. We were in the midst of pre-production and actually had several episodes of silver streak for season three going when my co-host's mom fell really ill to cancer and eventually passed away and passed away just as the big pandemic hit. So we have been kind of thrown for a loop. So we've sort of done something a little different for our third season because we've run into so many cool people and guests and we wanted to get a kind of a talk feel for now, just to at least keep yeah. content rolling. Plus, it's a great bit of mental therapy to do something we really love. Take your mind off of the doldrums of what's going on around us. So we've created what we call the Listener's Lounge. It's still thewilderride.com. Every social media platform is The Wilder Ride. You can find us every podcatcher, but we're doing more of a guest slash talk kind of show. And until we can kind of get our feet back underneath us for the movies by minutes. So hopefully we'll get to a silver streak, but we would love for everybody to check out the the listeners lounge. Yeah, been been uh, sounding pretty good so far, and uh, yeah, I, I do hope you come back with. It. You can call this your third season of of <laughs> chaos or what have you. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it's our third season in terms of broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, because we we do love the movies by minutes, and obviously we've we've appeared on other movies by minutes, uh, and I know you have as well. It's a great tight knit community, and it's fun to hear people talk about your favorite movies and to really get into that detail. So I would encourage anyone listening, um, you know, there's a lot of movies being dissected. Have fun. Go out there. Uh, some may be more analytical. Some are more entertainment and some are kind of a mix of both. Yeah. Uh, but there's so many really good, good movies by minutes out there to listen to. Yeah, that's great. Um, and uh, Megan, what do you have? Um, so speaking of minutes by minutes, I did Mash Minute, which was 117 episodes looking at the 1970 Robert Altman film. Um, I thought Tyranny and I were going to do the television show, not one minute at a time. That would be insane. <laughs> but uh, one episode at a time. But then she was like, surprise, psych, there's this whole thing. And I was like, OK. So uh, she kind of broke me into podcasting via that way. And she jokes with me that I have to recruit somebody, but I haven't done that yet. So. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I was on that uh, that uh, you were yes as well for the for the great uh, suicide is painless suicide. Oh yes, <laughs> dentist going into the box. <laughs> yep, and I'm so glad you're able to come back yeah. and return a favor. Yeah, thanks for I having appreciate me. Appreciate being on. So, but this is just the first minute of hopefully three that we can get through. Uh, and take care of with both of you. Um, thanks so much for being on for this first one, minute fifty-five. Um, and one uh, one additional thing, I'll definitely I'll uh, just plug just plug uh, what you're kind of getting at a little bit. The movies by minutes. So that's uh, a, whole, a whole genre of podcasts, and and you can go to moviesbyminutes.com um, to see a list of uh, currently I think it's one hundred sixty-one um, uh, different shows, and um, 
And uh, yeah, I pay a little respects to uh, good old uh, Pete and Alex. And just just as of recording, just the the day the day prior is when uh, when uh, Rogue One, uh, the I think it's the oh, it's the it's gotta be the eighth movie they've done now in the Star Wars franchise. At least uh, at least uh, three more coming, hopefully. Uh, that's at Star be Wars podcasting Minute. forever. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's 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 likely. I mean, I mean, they certainly did the Mandalorian already, <laughs> um, you know, doing episode by episode for that uh, excellent uh, uh, Disney Plus uh, streaming service, Star Wars show, live action show, first of its kind. Um, excellent podcast there too. Um, but yeah, who knows with 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 uh, what Star Wars, what Star Wars may bring, whether it's more shows or more movies or what have you, or both. They will probably podcast for be podcasting for quite a while but uh big uh big thanks to them and again thank you both uh Megan and alan and uh we'll be back uh next time next week uh for minute 56 until then it's all happening it's not all happening. happening i am a golden god The best of the 70s sort of put into a movie. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.